Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action, episode 86, episode 17 of season three. Uh, season three. This is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Weggs on Instagram and on Twitter. This is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on, on Twitter and also on YouTube. So Action, obviously, holiday festivities. Uh, and we talked before the pod. It's not like you're going out and you're hosting like 50,000 people at your place, your new house, right, for party yeah big underground party in the basement tonight as many people nice. as we can fit in so come on come on <laughs> nice. How about you? uh well i kind of told you a lot of weird things have happened this week it was my birthday on sunday that was kind of low-key except for saturday night uh probably not on that not talking about that on the pod but um had a wild night it was fun uh in the end um nothing uh my daughter and i sophia ended up coming back she was in you know miami and then she came back cut her trip short so we just got some lobster tails we're gonna hang out watch the end of the boys which is an amazon show which we like and uh maybe a movie and watch the ball drop so that's about it nothing really exciting here in chicago nice yeah i think we might find a movie to watch tonight as well there's a few that are on the tip of our tongue so nice. we'll see nice not yeah that's just Woman. trying to oh don't see that did i tell you that <laughs> yeah you did oh okay yeah, I haven't even done the review yet. I have to do it. That the one of the worst movies of all time, possibly right there. <laughs> and I shouldn't say that. It probably wasn't the worst movie of all time, but because the expectations were so high, at least after the first movie, which was well received, I thought was pretty good. The story was terrible. You know, the empowerment of women has taken a back step by three steps, and it was very just. DC Comics is light years behind Marvel, and it's just terrible. So yeah. Um, anyway, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, I'll watch some football, maybe a little bit today, tomorrow, and then obviously the big games on Sunday. So getting back to work on Monday, I've already done some work this week, but like real work next week when it's back at it, the grind starts again. So yeah, new year, new work year. That's right. Absolutely. Well, let's go into our episode here. It's kind of our last regular season episode. We'll talk about the playoffs next week and maybe, I don't know, we'll have to figure out we're going to transition some college basketball, but all of our college ba- basketball fans we are going to be there for you. I know Action's been updating his index. Uh, mm-hmm. So I can see that he's he's been already priming some money. He wants to help you guys win some money, too. That's right. Um, the algorithm's mm-hmm. performing quite well so far this year. I think mm. a big part of that is the non-home court advantage, much like we saw in the NFL. Makes things right. a little bit easier when you can consider every game on a neutral court. Yeah, exactly. Those college kids. So... Okay, well, uh, let's talk about some COVID updates from this week. You know, it's a very interesting week, week 17. We've talked about this in past seasons. You have to check motivation. You have to check who's playing. It may not be injury-related, but you have to find out who is actually going to be on the field and if they really, you know, frankly give a shit. So <laughs> let's start off with the COVID stuff. Uh, the Rams have Cooper Cup. He's out uh, with COVID this, this week. Uh, you've listed, or I guess I've listed Carl Joseph and Denzel Ward. And uh, Anthony Sandejo from Cleveland in their defensive secondary, who we'll talk about what happened last week later. But um, that's a, that's a that's a, another group of losses there for them. Minnesota, I saw Riley Reef, the offensive tackle, is out. You're listed Ryan Fitzpatrick, which means they go to Tua still 100%. And Keenan Allen for the Chargers, which 
you know, they've, they've played well the last couple of weeks. You know, so there's a, some big names on this list. Yeah, and I'm sure this won't be the end of it either this week. I know, I think I've said that for like three weeks running, but I feel like it holds more truth this week with uh, just the rise in cases, and now we have these new strains that are popping up all across the U.S., so chances are greater that more NFL players will get it, much like the rest of America. Exactly, exactly. So just a quick recap of our Week 16 numbers. Uh, it was pretty even split. Home home, home road 9-7 to seven this week for the home teams. The favorites and the dogs down the middle 8-8. Eight and eight. So it looks like the books have finally figured out this season action. And then also for the totals, 8-7 and 1 push. So 8 overs, 7 unders, and 1 push on my numbers that I kept. So you can see now it's taken them 16 weeks, but the books actually are really getting the money on both sides of, of the action, aren't they? Yeah, I think that this has been a banner year for sports books. Every single gambling media personality that I follow has indicated that not only Nevada, but other legalized jurisdictions, the books have won a record amount on NFL sides and totals mm. for that matter. So um, certainly makes you think that they're doing their jobs better or more. maybe there's more squares that are into the market for whatever mm. reason. Um, we're seeing a nice even divide on both the sides and totals right at this point i mean still for the season if you went underdogs you you would have been in good money you know obviously of late the favorites have come back and now it's starting to even up but but yeah you're right usually squares are going to go favorites in general and that wasn't good at least for the first 12 weeks of the season mm-hmm. um all right well i just put some positives down from the week uh and obviously negative in my personal world but alvin kamara man that dude dominated the Vikings they obviously we kind of talked about you know whether they could score all those points and uh they did uh Alvin went off and he won fantasy titles for people across America including the guy I was playing 155 yards six rushing touchdowns that's a record right I mean yeah yeah. tied for a record Uh, oh tied wow yeah so I mean the Saints put up 52 points here that's the most points they put up all season winning that game 52 to 33 and just kind of I mean, the Vikings were out of it anyway, but that defense just showed that they just couldn't stop anybody. Yeah, they didn't really need Drew Brees or his arm or his ribs this week because Alvin Kamara just ran all over the Vikings. I got to admit, I wasn't even really paying attention. It was on during the Christmas festivities, but none of us were really watching. Right. I mean, I I like that. I like the side for sure. I didn't know they were going to smash like that, but at the same time, yeah, I was a little surprised that they gave up 33 points, but at that point it didn't matter. They were just dominating. So mm-hmm. here's a positive. I'm sure you were shocked to see this on the outline action. The Bears offense. The Bears offense have now scored 30 points or more in four straight games. I don't know if you knew that. They crushed the Jags, who we know stink, at 41-17. to The game was close in the first half, but they were able to get going. And Mitch, I mean, they have taken advantage of some bad defenses, but three straight wins for the Bears. They went on Sunday. They're in the playoffs, dude. I mean, I can't believe it, right? Isn't that right? Or they have to have the – I think they're ahead of the Cardinals, aren't they? Yeah, and I think they could even get in with a loss. They can if the Cardinals lose, right? Right. They both lose, they're in. So, I mean, I don't think they're going to be anybody to worry about in the playoffs, but that's just insane considering they were, what, six and seven or something like that? No, five and six. Yeah, five and six, I think. Yeah, five and six at one point. So that's just – Mitch, they actually decided to run the football, and and there you go. Yeah, David Montgomery has been awesome the last few weeks, too. I'm sure that helped the offensive output a little bit. 
But you mentioned it. I think it really has to do with the defenses that they've played more recently than the Bears actually finding an offense. So although the the Packers really may not put up much of a fight on that side of the ball this week, we'll see. We'll talk about that later. We'll see. We'll see. Good tease. Uh, Last one is Josh Allen, Allen to Diggs. That connection has been great all year. I think I know that we've talked about this throughout the year that I was Mr. Josh Allen MVP. Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP. We know that. But I think in any given year, if Rodgers wasn't having the year he was having, I think Allen could even maybe overtake Mahomes. The guy has played incredibly. Diggs has played impressively. He's way up there in yardage. He had nine catches for 145 yards, three touchdowns. Allen, Allen finished 342 yards and four touchdowns with zero interceptions, which was the thing last year. We remember we bet on them all the time. And if it was basically, is Josh Allen going to lose this game for us or not? Now he doesn't do that, and they've got the weapons. This team's going to be tough in January. Yeah, the Bills are just smashing opponents now. I think I read this is the first time the Patriots have been swept by a division opponent in like 15 years. So uh, the Bills just put a nice cap to the end of their season, and they really don't need to do much this week against Miami, although I think they're still fighting for that two seed between them and Pittsburgh. So Correct. Uh, but I think the Bills are a team that are going to be very formidable going into the playoffs, certainly between them and Kansas City, the two favorites in the AFC. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Here's some of the negatives. Uh, we mentioned it a little bit. The Browns COVID protocol. Now, granted, it's been tough all around, but you can hear already they've got three guys in position groups on the one side of the ball, the defensive backs this week. They had all four receivers out <laughs> last week and two offensive linemen. They lost to the Jets, your Jets, which we couldn't go on again. We, we backed <laughs> off. They, they not just cover and win the game, 23-16. to 16. And now, so shockingly, two weeks ago you never would have told me this, the Browns could miss the playoffs. If they don't beat the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday, they will miss the playoffs. Yeah, well, I, I, I know I that think, they, yeah, need, they, need, they need to lose right. and all that. Yeah. But, but bottom line is if all those three teams win, they're, they're in, right? Correct. But if they yeah. lose – and the other two teams, Ravens and Indy, win, they're out. It's that yep. simple. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the Steelers are not a pushover, even without starters. I think Ben is going to be out this week, but uh, the Browns have had a history of losing big games to the Steelers. So definitely not an easy one for them. And it'll be made even more difficult without essentially all of their defensive backfield starters. I know. That so, is crazy to me. Last week Sorry, it was Browns. no receivers. This week it's no DBs. And let's hope for the Browns' sake and the Browns fans and my kin that uh, they right. win and get into the playoffs. <laughs> exactly. Mikey somewhere is – he might be. He might be lacing them up. Maybe he goes out there plays a little DB. <laughs> I'd love to see that. <laughs> I know you would. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, this team, as good as they've been – they are not covering anymore. Eight straight non-covers for the Chiefs. They maybe should have lost this game to the Falcons. I mean, it was close. Uh, they obviously had a missed field goal by the Falcons to tie it late. They end up winning the game 19-16. to Are you worried about the Chiefs in the playoffs? Yeah, a little bit. I have a Super Bowl futures ticket on them, mm-hmm. and I think that they've been playing with fire lately. It's not yep. just the – I mean, they're getting slow starts in a lot of these games, and the offense just doesn't quite look like its normal self. I've heard some chatter in the media this week about perhaps Biennemi and Andy Reid holding back a little bit for mm. the playoffs, which I thought was a okay. very interesting point. Specifically, the the pass to Patrick Mahomes on like fourth and one seemed like a very odd 
position to be calling that play, and I certainly don't think they're going to be going deep into the playbook when the playoffs will roll around like that. Right, agreed. I mean, maybe once they saw the Steelers start losing, they were like, yeah, we got this. But mm-hmm. um, still, it's hard to go in without momentum. They haven't played great, and they're basically going to sit everybody this week. So that's usually – I mean, they're going to be sitting for a couple weeks, but it's tough. We'll see what happens. And then, sorry, buddy, your Colts, uh, second-half defense – I didn't see the game. We were communicating a little bit about it in the first half. Then I tried to do my skating, whatever, birthday thing. They're up 24 to 7 at halftime. We know Big Ben hasn't done anything for weeks. Suddenly pulls three touchdown passes out of his butt. They went 28 to 24. I I don't know. And the Colts have to beat the Jags to get in, and then they need somebody to lose. What What happened in that second half? Well, the Colts were just sitting on all the short routes that the Steelers mm. have been throwing around the last six to eight weeks. And right. I found out later after the game this week that Big Ben basically said F you to the offensive coordinator and said he's going to call his own plays in the second half. And so oh, good. they completely flipped the game script on Indianapolis and Ben started throwing it down the field and they got a few mm. completions and several DPIs, I might add, yeah. that More aided course. their drives, but... Um, ultimately, I think it was the change to Ben calling the plays that made the difference in that one. Well, I mean, uh, they've been talking about it on the broadcast. I've seen it. This short passing game's garbage to me. They've got the players to get deep, too. It's not mm-hmm. like they don't have any speed. They've got three or four guys that can get deep. Even, you know, Chase Claypool is a big guy. He's a fast guy. They can go deep. It's just can they protect Ben? I think they were worried about it. Maybe when. It's hard to predict. I guess we'll talk about that next week with the playoffs, what to predict with this offense. So, But anyway, the Colts, it really hurt their chances. They win that game, they're in the playoffs, basically. So yeah. that's where it really hurt them. No doubt. Uh, I listed a bunch of injuries here um, that are relevant. I, it, it, Akeem Hicks was on the injury report yesterday. I just kept it on there. You know, he's big to the Bears, you know, run defense against Green Bay, questionable uh, you know, Cleveland, in addition to what I just mentioned, they've got Javon Patterson, their center. He's he's out this week with an illness. Your guy from Indy, Will Holden, the, the guard is out. Anthony Costanzo is also out, which is big, um, although they get a, maybe a little bit of a gift because James Robinson is out for um, the Jags. And the running back who's had a great year as a rookie. Jared Goff, we'll talk about – we didn't talk about that. That was – Oh, yeah. Whatever. Um, I mean, he hurt his thumb, but inexplicable, that one throw. Uh, Jared Goff is out because he had thumb surgery after the game against Seattle. And they also have Daryl Henderson out, which got to hurt their offensive output. And then Minnesota, it looks like Dalvin Cook has a personal issue, was out. And then the last one I listed was Alex Smith, you know, calf, which to me it's it's really critical. I mean, they got rid of our guy, you know, Mr. Make It Rain out there. But – um. But that means they're going to start some guy I've never heard of if if Alex Smith doesn't start. Yeah, uh, Taylor Heineke, right? Wasn't it a former Chicago yeah. Bear? Was he? I think. I think he was on the Bears for. Maybe a got a cup minute. of coffee. I, I don't recognize the name, but maybe I'm thinking of a different H quarterback. But another mm-hmm. name on here you didn't list, Kyler Murray, also questionable mm-hmm. in that game against the Rams. And it Interesting. Could be a battle of two backup quarterbacks for the playoff position there between the Rams and Cardinals. Fascinating. And then we know that a lot of Pittsburgh starters are going to sit, right? At least the offensive guys. Do we know, do we have the full list? I know Ben's not going to play. Is it going to be any of the receivers? 
Yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I saw Big Ben is out, and Mason Rudolph is going to be starting for his revenge game against yeah. the Browns. Right, but I'm not exactly. sure about any other offensive starters. Right, and then Patrick Mahomes is out for the Chiefs, and it, I mean, you know, Edwards Alaire will probably sit too. He's doubtful. So some of these premium teams, you know, you just got to check before game day uh, to see what's going to happen. Nuts. Crazy times. Um, let's go into the previews here. All the games this week are on Sunday, which is great, so we don't have to worry about an early slate. It kind of is a bummer. You know, we had a rough week last week, America. I know everybody knows, follows us so closely. Because um, I like some of those early games, that Tampa game and, of course, the Saints game. And when you go over, you look at all that stuff. Uh, but this week, all the games are on Sunday. Uh, no Monday Night Football. It'll all be settled on the field. They've put a lot of the playoff games kind of at the same time slot, so then they can't play around. Um, so all these games are relevant. Yeah, for the most part, I think there's only like maybe three or four games that don't really have any playoff implications. So mm. certainly a lot on the line. Although I, I think we probably have said this two years running now, week 17 is definitely one of the harder weeks to handicap just because mm-hmm. there's so much news that goes into it. And um, right. you really have to look at every team's motivation from the top side and the bottom side as to what they're looking to do and uh, right. what the front office may have motivation for, too, in some cases. I agree. I agree. So let's go into the first game, which is one of the bigger games on the card. Uh, the Dolphins are going to Buffalo. Uh, the Dolphins, you know, I'm sorry, the Buffaloes opens up as a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home, 48-point total in circuits down to one, 47.5-point total. I had heard that there may be some Buffalo guys sitting. Mm-hmm. Now, Miami's got to win the game. You know, if they lose, then it opens the door for those other teams to, to leapfrog them. Uh, so, I mean, what are you hearing this game? You got any interest in this game? Originally, I don't like Miami going to Buffalo, period, ever. Yeah. Um, but one point, I mean, it's they're definitely there's got to be money coming out of Miami now. Well, possibly. Uh, I do expect that McDermott will look to get his starters some rest, but I I have not read much about this one, and uh, I'm not sure if anyone has already been projected to sit out. But I I think that regardless of some starters sitting for the Bills, there's some value here, and Mm -hmm. it's specifically due to Ryan Fitzpatrick's unavailability. Mm -hmm. We saw him last week come in as the relief pitcher, according to Brian Flores. (laughs) <laughs> and he's not going to have that option this week, so it's going to be too uh, boom or bust. And I haven't seen anything that I like out of Tua this season. So from that perspective, I think that there's value on Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, Circa, like we've talked about on this podcast, our very loyal listeners know this, uh, they get anticipatory. Right now, Rivers is three and a half still. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to take a, a position here that maybe the Bills are going to sit some people, I guess. Um, otherwise, it's almost like a free square like we've talked about in the past. It hasn't worked out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, one point at home for Buffalo, they kind of still have to win because if they lose and the Steelers win, they lose a two seed. That you, you figure they want to host that game in the playoffs, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the difference between two and three this year is probably not going to be too much more than that home field advantage in the second right. game. Right. Either way, they're going to avoid Kansas City until the championship game. Correct. But um, there also was probably some maneuvering here to see how you might be able to avoid Baltimore. And I know mm-hmm. there's so many different permutations that go into mm-hmm. uh, 
who where Baltimore lands. But sure. right now, I think Baltimore is slated for the five slot. Is that right? Uh, let's see. The, go to go to sub package B here, America. We will uh, <laughs> we will see. Yes, I do want to say this. Um, let me top double check. It's it's so you know there's so many different like you said things that can happen. Right now I have Baltimore as the sixth seed. I've okay. got Miami ahead of them, but I think it's you know again it, this all depends on what happens on Sunday. That's why they do this such a good job in the NFL in the scheduling. So I, right now I've got it's Tennessee at four, same record as the Colts, by the way, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah Tennessee. I'll, I'll... Is that right? Yeah. I think all Tennessee, five of these teams have the same record. They do. Five. They're all 10 and five. So you got Tennessee at, at four. You've got um, Miami at five, Baltimore at six, Cleveland seven, and Indy at eight. So a lot of things can happen there. Um, it'd be a shame to have two teams from the AFC South miss it, but that's actually a, a possibility here, and that's how it sits right now. I think yeah. that Tennessee has a better divisional record. That's why that they're sitting ahead right now, and that's they would sit ahead if they they're tied in, stand, in the standings. But um, yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, so I mean, what it comes down to it, I think Buffalo is going to have some motivation if they prefer mm-hmm. to avoid Baltimore, which I imagine that all AFC teams will. Right. So. Right, they're dangerous. Okay, well, I guess we'll put that as a yellow on Buffalo. You know, figuring out some news. Um, the next game doesn't have any playoff implications, but it does just have strange. We could talk about the Jets. The Jets go to the to New England. Uh, New England Open is a four point favorite at home, 41 point total. It's down to two and a half in the contest, 39 and a half point total. Cam Newton is playing for New England. I don't know if that even matters. The Jets, I don't I, I don't know how we can explain this. They're playing good football now, right? The last three four weeks they're playing good. The def ever since that Raiders loss, they're playing better. Uh, even that Raiders game, they play better. But um, I don't know why. I, I mean, I've already said Gase is going to be fired. So they're just playing, I guess, for their jobs at this point. And New England, I thought they were playing good in the first quarter, and then they got completely nuked by Buffalo. So I don't really want to back anybody, but I probably would only back the Jets now. I mean, it's like I'm on the Jets train, but two and a half, they'd have to win the game almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I would only play the Jets in this situation. I watched a little bit of the game on Monday night, and Cam Newton just couldn't complete a pass. I think he had four mm-hmm. completions in the entire part of the game that he played. Right. And I have every belief that we're going to see some Stidham this weekend as well. So I believe that we should pass on this game. Okay, let's do it. Next game, Atlanta and Tampa. Uh, Atlanta goes into Tampa. They're a six-point dog, 50-point total. In the contest, it's seven points. Uh, Tampa's favored, 50.5-point total. You know, Atlanta played good. I kind of talked about that last week. We kind of backed off on it. They've been you know, they've been tough in most games uh, if they don't play, you know, certain teams, I guess. They obviously should have beat Tampa a couple weeks ago. Is Tampa playing for a lot? Probably not. Um, but a lot of things can happen. You know, like you said, these different iterations, who, who wants to play who, Tampa's going to be better if they play at home for sure. At least they will in the first round. Um, no, they won't. They'll be on the road either way. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I don't know, you like you like this team? You like Tampa at all? Are you, you staying away? What's your thoughts? Yeah, this is a game that I don't really have much on. I think, um, 
you know, they beat Atlanta 31-27 in the first time around at Atlanta. It was a game that probably wasn't as close as that final score indicated, though. Tampa had a a bit of a lead, and I think the Falcons got into the back door in that one. So um, seven seems like a lot on the surface, but without understanding what the motivation are is for the Tampa Bay Bucks, I think I would like to pass. Okay. Let's pass. Let's trust the gut this time. Uh, This game doesn't have any playoff ramifications. Minnesota's going to Detroit. Uh, Minnesota is a seven-point, or open as a seven-point favorite on the road, 54-point total. It's the same in Circa, seven-point favorite, 54-point total. Detroit's bad, but Minnesota's defense is garbage, too. Uh, Dalvin Cook's going to be out. There's no motivation. Seven points seems like a lot, but I, I can't back Detroit. I mean, I don't, I don't know. What are you thinking? Yeah, I would like to pass this too. I think I read today that Galladay is out. Uh, and... he's, out for, he's been out for the whole season. He stinks. True. That is true. <laughs> and I'm not sure about Matt Stafford either. He right. went out early in the last game, and he's got a ton of injuries. So mm-hmm. I don't really see any reason for him to play either. So right. this one has a pass written all over it for me. Okay. Here's one that's interesting, and you know we've beaten up on the NFC East all year. But it comes down to this weekend. The NFC East, there's a playoff spot on the line, man. Dallas is going to the Giants. Two-and-a-half-point favorite on the opener, on the road, 47-point total. In the contest, it's only one-and-a-half, 44-and-a-half-point total. Dallas played great last week. Explain me that action. How did they – and they beat the crap out of, of the Eagles. I remember watching – I was just watching, you know, the stats on my phone. Oh, Eagles up 14-3, to 80-yard bomb to Deshaun Jackson. They're going to roll. Oh, no. Dallas destroyed them after that, and they beat them going away. They're using all their receivers now. It's like Dalton's gotten comfortable in this offense, and the defense is playing half decent. So I'd be on Dallas in this game. Yeah. I like the Giants, actually. I think this sure. number is uh, is a little bit out of line for what it should have been um, on the look ahead. I think that uh, Dallas is being a little bit inflated now on the back mm-hmm. of the last couple of performances, mm-hmm. and I'm not so certain that the defense will be able to hold up as well against the Giants. With Daniel okay. Jones now back under center, he's going to be a week healthier. I know he looked completely immobile last week against the Ravens' pass rush, but right. Dallas doesn't quite have the same ability. So I think the Giants should fare well, and uh, I like them in this game. Okay. I mean, the index says that, too, that they should be a one-point favorite at home, not a dog. Um, what's What's been going on with the Giants, then? They just, they're just they they're playing better opponents? Or, I mean, they played good against Seattle, and then since that Seattle mm-hmm. win, it's been MIA. It's because of Daniel Jones out of the lineup? Yeah, I think that was a major part of it, going from uh, Jones and McCoy. Granted, I think McCoy played in that Seattle game. That was the mm-hmm. first start, if I recall. Right. The last couple of weeks, they've just been putrid on offense, those seven points, six points, and 13 against Baltimore. Right. So you think that they're going to be able to put up enough points against, and then they're just going to hold down Dallas's offense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're opposite sides. I don't. Let's just, I guess, pass on it. Um, okay. I understand what you're saying. I would have agreed with that two weeks ago, maybe, after one bad performance. I just don't trust the Giants now. I don't, you know, I know that they're at home, but... That doesn't mean shit anymore. So um, we'll see. I mean, to me, it's like Dallas has motivation, too. Dallas wins this game and and Washington loses. They win the division. They're in the playoffs. 
And mm-hmm. I still think they're the most talented, t- talented team in the division. I just think they are. Um, Dalton is certainly not Dak Prescott, but I mean, the Giants offense is really bad. And, you know, I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, the, the Giants, the Giants win the division as well if they win and Washington loses. So they, they're in the same boat. Really? Both. Is that right? Yeah. They're all at yeah. six wins the, then? The only team eliminated is Philly. Okay. 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 You got you. I got you. So it's, they got motivation. All right. Um, okay. So Pittsburgh against Cleveland. We kind of mentioned this already. Cleveland open as a six and a half point favorite at home, 42 point total. Now it's up to eight and a half in the contest with a 42 point total. I saw it as high as 10. You see ten and a half in another another shop there. So it's obviously they're thinking the value is, you know, Cleveland is is gonna win the game because they have to and Big Ben's out. Uh eight and a half, I mean, they think they're just gonna smash the Steelers, huh? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I like, I like Pittsburgh in this game, even sure. without Ben Roethlisberger. Right. Uh, especially given the situation that the Browns have with the defensive COVID out um, um, going to the backups. I think it's going to be very problematic. Denzel Ward has been the key to that defensive backfield all season. Every week that he's been out, they've given up a whole bunch of yards and points. And I think that this sets up really nicely for Pittsburgh catching eight and a half. Yeah, I I completely agree. I, I don't, even without all those injuries, I thought that, Divisional opponent, mm-hmm. you know, eight and a half. Like, this isn't a – as long as the Steelers start their defense, most of their defensive starters, it should be good. They're going to slow down that run. I mean, I don't know. Yep, let's go with – let's go with Green, Pittsburgh. We're back on you, Pittsburgh. Um, mm-hmm. you, you felt us by not taking out the rest of the contest last week, but um, or they, they actually helped the contest besides us. So, um, all right, next one is Baltimore and Cincinnati. Uh Baltimore opened up as an 11 and a half point favorite on the road, 43 and a half point total. It's 12 and it's 12 in the contest, 44 point total. Cincinnati has outright won two straight games, right? It's really bizarre. We talked about that last week. I did like them. I actually it was my loan bet that I won. Um, you know, I think Baltimore is a different animal than who they played. So this is kind of the other kind of the reverse logic of what I just said <laughs> when it comes to some of those other games. I think Baltimore is going to crush them. 12 is a lot of points, though. I don't think I can do that in the contest, but they have covered the last two big numbers in the last two weeks, right? Yep. Yeah, and uh, Baltimore beat the same Cincinnati team with Joe Burrow under center, 27-3, to three, way back in week five. So I, th- I think that Brandon Allen's return was a big boost to the Cincinnati offense. I mm-hmm. wasn't aware that he was starting until sure. I saw the box score. But... Uh, even despite that, this Baltimore team has really picked up their defense the last couple of weeks, giving up only 14 and 13 points to the Jacksonville and New York Giants. Mm-hmm. And I think that they could definitely cover this number and will look to uh, put their kick on going into the playoffs. So okay. I would I would be willing to put Baltimore on our card if it came down to it. Okay. Well, let's put it as a yellow. I, I don't disagree with your logic. I think that they they're turning the corner that you know it's kind of interesting a year ago we were on since we were in kansas city at this stage of the you know the the year and we were actually on them early we we're both thinking they were going to win the super bowl and Mahomes came back they were playing really great kind of under the radar because baltimore was dominating it's almost like it's inverted hasn't it where cincinnati yeah. i'm sorry kansas city kansas city you know is prohibitive favorite they're 
you know, in the clubhouse or just dominating. Baltimore is a team that as much as they, you know, if they're behind in a game, it's not so good. But if they come out with the right game plan, can get on top of, you know, a team like Kansas City or even the, the Bills, I agree with you. That defense is playing better. I, they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. Yeah, they're up to ninth ranked in DVOA, Football Outsiders, and right. uh, a much better defense than Kansas City, no doubt about that. Yeah, and, and of those three teams, they have the best defense. You know, I mean, they're the Steelers have a better defense. It's going to be the offense for them. I think that the, the Ravens can score. It seems like they can score pretty much on anybody. They've never really been shut down by anybody, so it's more can the defense slow down whoever they're playing, you know, but um, – Okay, let's move to the 4 o'clock games, the the late games, which is more the West Coast teams and such. You've got Arizona going to the Rams. This is obviously playoff relevant. Arizona, although um, it is on the road, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road on the opener, 41-point total. It's three in the contest. We're three-point favorite on the road, 40-and-a-half-point total. Kind of interesting line here. Is Kyler Murray ruled out? No, I don't think he's out. He's definitely questionable, though. Okay. Uh, Kyler Murray, excuse me, probable. This was updated oh. yesterday. Okay. Uh, with a lower leg injury, but projected to line up for Sunday's contest. Yeah, so you know Goff's going to be out. Henderson's out. They already have Cam Akers out at running back. So I guess, you know, it'll be Brown, Malcolm Brown in the backfield. Who's the backup for the Rams now? Is is it? It's not Bortles, is it? It's a guy by the name of Mark Wolford is the oh, projected that's right. starter for this He's game. He's an AAF guy or something? Yeah, that or, or CFL, I think. Okay, CFL. okay. So, you know, who knows? Um, it's a tough one, actually. And the Rams are better in the index, right? And they're a better football team top to bottom. I just don't know. You know, ugh, that Rams team. Without Goff, he won't th- maybe this guy doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, that's what Goff does. Yeah, I did hear an interesting interview with Adam Chernoff on Follow the Money, I think, this week. He is a Canadian guy and follows the CFL, and he mentioned that Wolford is not a passing quarterback at all. In fact, he plays more of like a Taysom Hill kind of style. So I would expect that McVay is going to come out with a smash-mouth type of game plan and not really throw much at all, which probably reduces the significance of the Cooper Cup loss. Right. Initially, I was thinking that would be very problematic for this offense, but if the quarterback isn't really going to be throwing anyhow, then uh, perhaps it won't be as big of a factor. So, interesting. As much as much as this game confounds me, I think I would only really look to one side with the underdog Rams. McVeigh is also six and zero against the Cardinals in his career, so interesting. You have that trend as well. I was just going to ask you. So they. It was kind of a higher scoring, 38-28 loss last time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the Cardinals are – they fall they, – remember how, like, they were great in the beginning of the season? Middle of the season, they were kind of, you know mm-hmm. – they were actually – it was really – they played like garbage. They had two wins. They had the <laughs> – they got to beat the Giants and the Eagles. And then when they played good teams, they've kind of folded. Uh, it's weird. So I don't really trust these Cardinals either. I just don't know if I trust the Rams and some CFL Taysom Hill dude. Yeah. Well, the other factor when the Cardinals took that dip was Kyler Murray's shoulder injury. True. If you recall, he stopped running, which brought a whole other dynamic to that offense. And mm-hmm. with this lower leg injury, I don't really have uh, optimism that he's going to be running this weekend either. So right, right. Without that mean. ability, 
I think that the Cardinals offense could be stunted a little bit. Right. I mean, if they play like a low, low scoring game and that's, I mean, 40 and a half for this game. I mean, <laughs> the last game it was 50. What is that? Seven, yeah. 68 points or 66 points last time. You know, it's, it's definitely a different ball game. This is going to be a low, low scoring total. So I kind of feel like I got to stay away here, action, unless you feel strong on it. No, I don't think so. We can uh, okay. certainly move on. All right, Tennessee going to Houston. Uh, Tennessee's open as a seven-point favorite, 56-point total. It's up to seven and a half at Circa. Of course, they had the hook, 56-point total. Uh, this is one of the ones that I liked initially because they got to win and everything with Tennessee. They got to make sure they're going to make be in the playoffs. I hate the hook, man. I hate the hook. This mm-hmm. Houston team is is bad, but they showed even last week just they can put points up, uh, and that's what they did against. The Colts defense the week before, and obviously Cincinnati last week, the Titans' defense is bad, so the back door is wide open with that 7.5, isn't it? Yeah, the back door is definitely a little scary. I set alerts on my app this week, just waiting for it to go to 7, and I was going to drop the hammer. Yep. But it's really been cemented on every single book that I follow. That mm-hmm. 7.5 hasn't mm-hmm. budged all week. The one thing that I will say that we should keep our eye on is status of Deshaun Watson. Sure. He's questionable right now with that arm injury that he sustained last week. Okay. And uh, if he doesn't play, I think immediately you're going to see this number go to 10, 11, 12 or higher. Sure. Because without Deshaun Watson's uh, ability under center, they have no chance to hang with the Titans. No, agreed, agreed. So, well, let's keep track of that. I guess we can put yellow on Tennessee and just – with the caveat, we're looking at the injury report. Because, yeah, I've got the game rated as seven. So if it's seven or less, you, you take it in a heartbeat. But when you get that hook, you know, God, you know, hookville. Even even with Deshaun Watson under center, would you consider it, or is it a no play at that point? If it's if Deshaun Watson is playing at seven and a half, you mean? Uh, it'd have to be like our fifth choice, or, we you know, we were struggling to find one. I, I don't... I don't love that back door being open, man. I mean, they did it against the Colts. I mean, the Colts are a much better defense than Tennessee. And I mean, maybe the Colts let their, you know, took the foot off the gas pedal. I don't think the Titans will. <laughs> but at the same time, divisional game, seven and a half at home. I mean, it's a pride game. You know, it's not even, it means nothing to Houston. They're going to get a new coach next year, new GM. But. You know, I, I you know I think Watson's a winner. Watts a winner. They're not going to just roll over either. So, mm-hmm. all right, here's uh, the hometown Green Bay coming to Chicago again. Uh, four point four point favorites, you know, for Green Bay here in Chicago. Fifty point total in the opener. It's five in the contest. Fifty one point total. I've seen it as high as five and a half. So I'm a little confused why we're getting the five. I guess they're anticipating some Bears money here. Um, Tough one for me, action. The Bears have been playing pretty good, but the Pack, God, they haven't covered when we pick them. They never cover when we pick them. It's hard for me to pick against the Bears, but I think they're going to win the game um, to just make sure that they've got the one seed because there's all these. We didn't talk about this crazy four-team scenario with Saints, Green Bay, Seattle. All of them could be the one seed, which is nuts. So Packers have massive motivation here. They got to win the game. The Bears as well as motivation. And I just thought the last time they played, I mean, I guess the Bears have played better, but they just looked like the big brother beating the crap out of little brother there. I, I didn't think they had a chance in that game. And, and what's making it in Chicago? There's no Bears fans that 
you know, make it, you know, maybe it's freezing and it's like the ice bowl or something, but I don't like it. Yeah, I I don't think that I could look to the Bears' side in this one either. Uh, despite their last three covers, this defense is just not playing well right now, and right. that's not a good recipe for facing the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I think that the Packers are going to be able to do whatever they want with the football. I like the over quite a bit in this game mm-hmm. as well. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring on both sides, but I would have a lean to the Packers mm-hmm. if you were so inclined. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's hard for me to go against the Bears, but you know this this game reminds me so much of, and I'm trying to remember the year now. It's probably 2010 or something, when the Bears were the one seed and the Packers were trying to get in, and the Bears didn't beat them to knock them out. Yeah. And, and they end up facing in the NFC Championship game, losing, and that was that was Rodgers' only championship. You know, um, I don't think the Bears, I don't think the Green Bay is gonna make that same mistake. They're gonna win. They're gonna try. They're gonna try to sm- smash the Bears. You know, no holds barred. So, anyway, um, I could maybe be talking to the Packers. I'd like to pick again, a pick not picked against the Bears, but not just because the hometown thing. But it's like, damn, you know, this is the one game they play great. <laughs> Surprise me. Yeah. All right, uh, Jacksonville going to Indy. We talked about this already. Uh, Indy Open is a 14-point favorite at home. 50-point total in the contest is 13 and a half. A little more favorable number. Uh, 50 point total as well. I mean, I'm all over the Colts, but Jesus, dude, this is you know a couple weeks in a row that they can't they can't do it late. They've been up late. They're it's a smash spot. They got to win. They're gonna run all over this team. Jacksonville doesn't give a shit. They're done. They're gonna give a new coach too, probably. So 13 and a half is certainly a good number. I don't see anybody else not taking this game unless you're thinking otherwise. What do you think? Yeah, this is a tough one. It's definitely a big number. And um, the thing that scares me in taking the Indianapolis side is that Jacksonville basically has everything to play for now. They've locked up that number one pick. Okay. They can win this game, potentially, and still get the number one pick. So there's no um, question there. And I also could have the potential to question the Indianapolis motivation they're playing in the late time window here, and of course, as you know, they have to have at least one of those teams lose mm-hmm. ahead of them in order to get their spot in the playoffs. Good point. And if for some reason you see Miami, um, let's see who else is playing early, uh, Cleveland, right. Baltimore all win, then it's really between them and Tennessee yes. in that 425 window. And if that happens in the early window, I could see some lack of motivation from the Colts. Late in the day. So you're saying if, okay, so the three teams on top win, mm-hmm. so the Colts have to win. You're thinking the opposite scenario. If one of those teams loses, then they well, won't. If, if, no, no. Uh, if one of those teams loses, then they have every motivation to win this game. Correct. And get into the playoffs. Right. Um, but I'm saying in the scenario that Miami, Cleveland, and Baltimore all get to the window, uh, yes. win their games, they're in the playoffs. And you also have to assume if you're a Colts player or coach that Tennessee is going to win. So right. at that point, you're out regardless yeah. of the outcome. Right. I see what you mean. Yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously, if if you know the foot off the gas pedal, if, let's say they're up at halftime and they see Tennessee's up by two scores, then... What's the mm-hmm. point? We're going to win, but we're out of the playoffs. I see what you mean. So so it's a stay-away spot for you, then. 
It is. I mean, I definitely think that the Colts can smash Jacksonville. They've got the revenge as well from week one, a sure. game that I'm sure they wish they had in the win column right oh, now. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm just not sure. I'm definitely eyeballing it for live betting, mm-hmm. just watching those early outcomes and going to be able to, even like you mentioned at halftime, the second sure. half might be the way to play it. If you see the early games go against the Colts and then Tennessee's up big, a Jacksonville second half bet seems like a no-brainer. Sure, sure. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So the next game doesn't have any playoff ramifications. The, the Vegas is going to Denver. Uh, Denver Open is a two-point favorite, 51-point total. It's inverted to Vegas being a two-and-a-half-point favorite, 51-point total now. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, the Vegas fell off the rails. I mean, they, I, I we kind of knew that they weren't that good of a team. I did. I know that you might have been higher on them. I just knew that their numbers at some point were going to come back to bite them. And it seems like between, you know, lack of playmakers on defense and just the offense injuries, they just fell back to earth hard. Um, but Denver, I mean, God, like this team, I don't even know what to expect with this team. Sometimes they play well. And sometimes, I mean, they lead the league in turnovers, like turnover differential in the negative. So, you know, they just give the ball up too much for me. It's just a game I don't really care about, so I'd rather stay away personally, but, you know. Yeah, I understand that for our contest purposes. I did put in a bet on Las Vegas in this game, minus two and a half. Mm -hmm. I think that Denver is just a team that is downward spiraling. Yeah. And this is a game that you see – uh, Coach Gruden get his team up for like would it be anything more than Coach Gruden? They completely had a boneheaded mistake last week. Right, should have won the game. We didn't even talk about Gruden's decision at the end of the game on Saturday night. Right, to take a knee and then kick the field goal and then let Miami come down and beat them. But in- inexplicable. Uh, yeah. it's very inexplicable. But I think that uh, Vegas is going to be up for this game. Okay, and uh, I-, I like them to win going away. Okay, interesting. I'll, I'll watch that from the sidelines. You can collect your dough. Right, um, and here's another game that doesn't make a, a difference, and it's still got some lacking numbers. The Chargers are going to Kansas City. Uh, the Chargers, I guess, I, I guess I had the Chargers opening as a – depends on when the number came out, I suppose. Um, I, you know, actually, I know I had the Chiefs open as a 10.5-point favorite, of course. Now it's uh-huh. flipped all the way over the Chargers, 3.5-point favorite on the road to Kansas City. Um you know, we all know it's because they're sitting homes and some other guys. The Chargers have played better, although we still got we got Anthony Lind, as we often have in the past. This team was up what nineteen to three, nineteen to six, and end up, yeah. you know, not covering for us. We got to push our one alone push of the week. Um, you know, I've heard I've read something today that that Herbert is backing Lynn. I'm like, come on, dude. I mean, this this guy, stop, stop it. You know, Anthony Lynn's not going to be back if he's back. I won't, I'm not going to bet on the Chargers this year, you know? But they could win this game, right? They could win this game. I mean, three and a half on the road, though? I can't do it. I can't do it, man. They could. They could win, but I would only look to the Chiefs in this yeah. one. Um, despite no Patrick Mahomes. I'm not even sure who the backup is. Um, <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> I should do a quick search here. Chad Henney. Oh, Chad Henney, wow, still in the league. Okay. Former Michigan Wolverine. Sure. Not a sure. not a horrible backup. No, he's played in Jacksonville and Miami, I think. Yeah, he's fine. So, uh, 
I have no interest in laying the points with the Chargers, though. I would only right. play Kansas City at that number. Yeah, I put it as one of my plays because I just think it's it's basically you're talking about a 14-point swing. That's ridiculous. The Chargers, mm-hmm. whatever. So, all right, let's yellow it up. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right, another couple – the other two teams in the contention for the one seed, you've got New Orleans going to Carolina – uh, New Orleans Open is a six-point favorite on the road, 51-point total. It's seven in the contest, 47.5-point total. I don't want to say, man. Steady Teddy gets it done, man. The guy just keeps him doing it. He, he beat us again last week. Um, you know, this is one of those spots. Does he cover again uh, like he has many times in the underdog role? Uh, seven points. They will be motivated, the Saints. Uh, they're not going to smash them like they did against the Vikings, so – that seven is definitely screaming Carolina. I'm not sure if I'd back them, but is that what they can? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Teddy covers. Mm-hmm. Teddy, Teddy, the underdog, what, like 70% against the spread now has an underdog? It's, it's crazy. Uncanny ability to cover games. And uh, when you're looking at a full touchdown here, I think you can only look at one side of this one. Right, right. Okay, well, let's put it in as a yellow. I, I, I definitely will consider it if it's in our thing. Um. And then the Seattle game, Seattle's going to San Francisco. Seattle Open is a four-point favorite on the road, 47.5-point total. Now, it's not really on the road. It's a neutral site. They're playing in Arizona. Uh, so Seattle is now a six-point favorite when they're actually in Arizona <laughs> playing against San Francisco and a 46-point total. So they're looking like, to me, I don't know when the four points came out, they're taking out any kind of home field advantage, almost giving it to Seattle in a way. I still think the number's too big. I, I don't. I don't, Seattle played well last week defensively, and they've been playing much better with Jamal Adams back. Plus, you know, rock em, sock em game. But you mentioned this last week when we didn't go with Arizona. San Francisco played better, way better with yeah. Beathard. They had Kittle back. They were, they were a different football team. And it was so weird they were a different football team. They didn't turn the ball over. That's the reason. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to beat this team, but six points in this matchup, San Francisco knows that they could not come out of the one seed. I just see some motivation, and I think that I'd, I'd take the points in this one. Yeah, I, I think that uh, there's definitely a little bit of value on San Francisco. I'm not sure that I can get there, though, because for me, the Seattle defense has been really playing well lately, mm-hmm. and it's yep. been a significant change from what they had earlier in the season, which I think sort of um, downplays their numbers when you're looking at it from a season-long perspective. Right. And uh, they actually might, probably should be a little bit rated higher than what we're showing in a lot of the indices. So, um, I agree with you. I think I've got them up to, let me look at my numbers. Um, let's see here. Sorry, we're delaying here. Seattle, where yet? Okay, so the, defensively, they're up to 23rd in yards against, which, you know, they were like 31st for like weeks, months, and they're 12th in points against. So, I mean, they're definitely playing better. There's no question. Um, and when they don't turn the ball over and they force turnovers, that's that's the key because and, – and, and they, they talked about the broadcast the other day. They're you know, They let Russell Cook. That's awesome. But they're getting back to Pete Carroll football. They're running the football. I think Carson's on the injury report, but you know they're they're slamming the ball with Hyde and Carson, and that that wins football games, right? And it, it certainly helps the defense to to get rested on the sidelines. So I hear what you're saying. I just 
I kind of feel like there's an angle here with San Francisco, but if you're not on the same side, let's let's pass on it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just have hesitation on back in the Niners just with how well mm-hmm. Seattle's been playing. Sure. Last game, Washington going to Philadelphia. This will close out. This is the Sunday night football game. Washington open as a one-point favorite on the road, 42.5-point total. It's up to two in the contest. I'm not seeing that at Rivers, by the way. <laughs> it's like one and a half. Um, with a 43-point total, look, I like Washington here uh, for a lot of reasons, but it's just like last week. you got to have Alex Smith in there, right? I mean, who they're, maybe he's the AAF guy, and he's not the – the um, Canadian football guy. If they don't start um, Smith, they're starting some dude who's never started in the NFL. You had, obviously, Haskins get waived this this week, which probably should have happened, not even with the strip club thing, should have happened when he was pouting on the sidelines after not starting in week seven or whatever it is. Um, but this defense is really good. Uh, I mean, Hertz got brought down to earth with the Dallas defense, and this is Washington. Mm-hmm. So... Are you uh, are you on Philadelphia? No, I don't really have much on this game, to be honest. I probably have it as a pass for me, especially without knowing Alex Smith's status. I heard a report that sure. suggested he may play on Sunday even without a single practice this week. They're just going right. to wait until Sunday morning to see how he feels to decide. So given the uncertainty there, I don't really know that we could put it in as a contest pick, personally. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, let's work, look at review our circus situation. We've discussed it. Wow, 0-4-1 action, rough. Uh, mm-hmm. Two weeks this year, that, that killed us. But um, we're still over 500 for the year, 51.28%. You know, we're still top third, which is not bad. Let's see if we can stay there. Uh, the fourth quarter standings are just abysmal, so we won't re- review that. Um, <laughs> some of the games we've talked about, we did talk about Buffalo uh, covering that one point. We'll have to look at the reports a little bit. We both do like Pittsburgh here, getting that eight and a half points, regardless of whether Ben, with Ben's being out, you know, Mason Rudolph revenge game. Uh, we've discussed doing Baltimore with 12 points on the road at Cincinnati, uh, as well as Tennessee at seven and a half. I still would feel more comfortable knowing Watson would be out or not. Mm-hmm. We discussed the Bears. I'm sorry, Green Bay, uh, five point or laying five points here at the Bears in Chicago. Kansas City getting three and a half, and then Carolina getting seven. Um, you won't get on there with me with Dallas and Washington, which is fine. And then it sounds like we're opposite sides with San Francisco and uh, potentially the Bucks. So we'll just we'll stick with the ones we discussed, huh? Yeah, I mean, we obviously are going to get a lot of news in our inboxes between now and Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So a lot can change in Week 17 very quickly. And I'm not going to be stubborn on any of these if we see some news that breaks one way or another. I did just see come pop up on Roto World that David Bakhtiari has a torn ACL. It's guarding yeah. the Packers. So that's yep. a significant injury for that team. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially if Hicks ends up playing and can slow down that right. running game. So we didn't even mention, you know, Adams has had an amazing year, too, besides, oh, <laughs> besides Rogers, man, dude. Unbelievable. Crushing. <laughs> incredible um okay well we'll review of course on saturday to just you know fi- you know put our picks in uh, for our loyal supporters thank you for listening to us we, we're going to do better next year we did better this year i think overall yeah uh you know we had a little swoon here at the end which is disappointing but you know to me we're we're right there just just a couple couple of weeks we just got to keep it up and uh we'll stick to it you know for next year 
Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely have interest in getting back in the contest next year. Have considered also maybe adding the Survivor contest to our yeah, arsenal. I agree. I uh, think we should. Cool. I think we should. This year was an unusual Survivor year because there's so many people left. I think next yeah. year it'll be like normally two thirds of the field is gone by week seven or something, right? right? This year it's it lingered on. Even in the one I did that through friends, I was into a week eleven or twelve or something. That's the deepest I've ever gone. But I'd love to do that too. It'd be fun to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for listening to us. Follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter and on YouTube. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at 31S Roberts. All right, everybody. Happy New Year and uh, enjoy this week's action. Happy New Year. Everybody stay safe tonight. And if you're going out, wear your masks. Mask up, America. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You heard it here. All right. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. Creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.